Chapter Five of Rangy Pete by Guy Morton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The one consoling feature of the girl's flight was the thought that his attitude towards her had been settled. The way was clear for him to turn aside from his undefined purpose and to return to Triple Butte. Yet almost instantly that thought was swept aside and rangy found himself hurrying forward with the warmth of conviction upon him that he must overtake the bandit before she had ridden too far he was hastening so conscientiously that he almost collided with a figure standing near the burnt yellow cayuse that occasioned an astonished exclamation i thought you'd gone he burst out heard the horse buzzard's mount tried to run away the blue-eyed one explained calmly but I caught it and brought it back. Now what kind of a person are you, Mr. Rangy Pete? Rangy's left hand put in a few moments' work with the tip of his left ear, and while that was in process he shuffled his feet backward and forward. I'm just a long-shanked puncher who never has anything to say for himself, he began a tentative explanation, which he found cut short by a gesture. I mean, are you any good in a fight? the girl elaborated her demands not a bit rangy replied to conceal the inadequacy of his thoughts for he felt that he needed to study this person who should be but who wasn't showing to him the slightest deference as captor it was dark with only the light of the stars to dissolve the gloom and the girl was standing there calmly looking somewhere out into the bleakness of the night beyond him the face he could see through the smudge of starshine was manifestly girlish. It was oval and free of any shrewish contours, the general lines told that. But as for the details of her features, he would have to wait for the light of day to tell him that. Finally the girl came out of her mood of abstraction and looked at Rangy Pete curiously. Which way are we going? she demanded. Are you taking me back to Triple Butte? Triple Butte sure would be a whole lot decorated by your presence, Rangy returned reflectively, as he busied himself with his saddle. But if you don't happen to be riding that way, it don't matter. Me, I'm riding up this draw and back another. I aim to hit Triple Butte some time in the future. Then I will ride with you. The girl's decision appeared to be an abrupt one. Lead the way, Mr. Pete. Rangy did lead the way, in a strange frame of mind. By the time they reached the juncture with the lone shadow draw, the early daylight was filtering its way over the tops of the buttes, and Rangy decided that it was time for him to determine whether the morning light were as complimentary to the girl as the darkness had been. Yet when he turned about he experienced a distinct sense of disappointment, for during the night ride she had readjusted the mask about her face. Them sure is fine things to keep the sunburn off, he commented. But you'd oblige me a whole lot, miss, by taking down the scenery. Going to make me? the girl asked lightly. Hadn't thought of it, Rangy admitted. But just the same, there ain't any piece of cloth ever made could take the place of them cheeks of yours. How do you know? the bandit insisted. Rangy toyed again with his left ear. I don't know for sure, he allowed but I'm hinting most awful hard to find out. Besides, you've got a name about you somewhere. The certain consciousness that he was undergoing a rigid scrutiny caused Rangy to pause again. 
the attitude of this dervisher he told himself through that pause was not what it should be for there was not the faintest hint in the girl's manner that rangy was master of the situation it was even stronger than that it seemed almost as though the female bandit were intent upon some personal problem of which rangy pete was only the fringe i'll go with you a bit farther she declared irrelevantly at length lead on macduff you got me wrong miss i've been explaining that my name ain't macduff nor mcnothing but do you mean that i should head for the buttes or the double k any place you like provided we get breakfast i'm starving i got enough grub to cure that feeling rangy informed with a complete return of confidence so we'll just be sloping it down the draw to a place where there's a nice spring and now that we've got started nice and friendly-like ain't you gonna take off that eye-blanket and let me see just how homely you are rangy waited for a few yards of travel but there was no response i've seen a few women-folk in my time he resumed patiently some of them has been homely and some has been just fairish to look at kinda wouldn't hurt your eyes much miss that is if the sun wasn't too bright and they wasn't too close i'm saying i've seen a few homely ones but i ain't ever before run up against one what was so homely she had to wear an eye-blanket in the daytime and could only take it off at night you'll excuse me miss for saying that they couldn't grow them that homely down at triple butte where i come from though they've been trying for a long time now there's shifty liz down in tony burke's saloon who don't look no ways human unless a person's had about six or seven red eyes and yet she don't wear no eye-blanket rangy pete i'm not to be joshed the girl interrupted the wearing of this eye-blanket as you call it is a serious business it isn't a matter for you to take lightly mr pete so if you can control your naturally silent disposition until we have had a taste of breakfast there is just a chance that i may take this mask off and tell you my name rangy showed his approval by urging the yellow cayuse into quicker action he led the way to the spring as rapidly as the cayuse could take the trail and he was not in the least alarmed when the blue-eyed rider dropped behind some few minutes later the girl arrived at the scene of his culinary efforts calmly seated herself upon a rock and waited for him to serve her the casual air with which she took up her place betokened that she was accustomed to receiving the ministrations of others the ministrations of buzzard flynn perhaps the thought of that caused rangy to poke the fire savagely but when he turned towards her he managed to assume a tolerant grin but the frugal meal was not as productive as rangy had hoped it would be the mask stays on she announced coolly at the close but i will meet you halfway since you insist upon calling me something you may as well say miss dick as anything else gosh a-mighty rangy's astonished voice broke in but excuse me miss i was going to add that i will take off my mask upon one condition only miss dick resumed totally ignoring the interruption i find that i will need some help in a little undertaking rangy nodded encouragingly you couldn't have come to a better party he admitted modestly not if you had looked all over the state but what's the condition 
i will take off my mask when you have done something which i am going to ask you to do she decreed as her eyes studied rangy's features shrewdly rangy merely nodded for her to proceed i want you to go back to triple butte with me and help me to get some evaporated apples my god rangy exclaimed fervently you'll have to excuse me this time miss dick but them vaporated apples are laying their lasso over my angora you got the vaporated apple habit too what do you mean by the evaporated apple habit miss dick demanded this is no joke i ain't no ways likely to call it a joke rangy hastened to assure if it hadn't been for them apples merrill wouldn't have started after you road agents yesterday he thought it was a heap of fun for triple butte to be held up until he heard about these apples being stole miss dick interrupted with a quick nod of her head if you look at it that way she decided i am afraid i have the evaporated apple habit the same as dan merrill now mr pete when do you think would be the best time to get that other box rangy began to toy absently with the tip of his left ear and when he looked at the girl it was with a certain wavering of doubt the other box he repeated vaguely i don't understand how you come to sow them apples all over the trail yesterday and yet be hankering to get back to triple butte for more that box didn't have a hole in it did it it seemed that the eyes behind the mask grew a trifle more friendly it isn't that miss dick explained carefully but those apples we got yesterday were not quite the right thing when you have the evaporated apple habit mr pete it doesn't take long to tell the difference we got the wrong box and you don't mean to say you're going back for the right one rangy demanded quite caught off his guard miss dick nodded her assurance exactly what i am going to do she pronounced confidently why else do you think i stayed over there in the pelican draw where any stray puncher might run across me perhaps i had better go alone after all rangy pete hastened to lay his services at the lady's feet go alone he hurried to decry her intent sakes alive woman you might just as well stand in front of a stampede i know that little old joint of triple butte and it'll be swarming like a beehive no you don't miss step into that hive alone besides i know right where the other box is it almost appeared that miss dick gave a sigh of relief though for a time she devoted her attention exclusively to rangy's culinary efforts so there is another box she reflected absently how do you know that mr pete still rangy pete's guard was so wide open that he lost no time in reciting the details of his rather disastrous sign-painting and when these facts had been faithfully retold he paused long enough to bask for a moment in the softened glow which seemed to shine from the girl's eyes there's something i don't understand he conceded but i wouldn't be surprised to find the whole of triple butte and the half of merrill's punchers standing guard over them apples that means taking them out from under the noses of about fifty sixty men not counting the double k or the triangle o boys who may come shoving in it's funny miss how the folks back in triple butte ain't no how set on stealing they've got what you might call primitive prejudices against it 
and it ain't so long ago that a fellow out there got his neck all tangled up with a lariat on account of stealing. All he took was about twenty-thirty horses, which ain't nothing like stealing a box of Dan Merrill's evaporated apples. Afraid? The girl's voice was cold and distant. Very well. I am sure I can manage it alone. All I ask is that you don't warn the people that I am coming. The situation from the standpoint of Rangy Pete was an unprecedented one. It occasioned him a cautious side-glance at the girl's masked face in the hope of determining the extent of her sincerity, but all he could see definitely was the firm set of the chin and the cold glow of the blue eyes shining from beyond that annoying fold of cloth. From that he decided there was not the slightest suggestion of frivolity in the girl's face. I don't blame you for not wanting to eat Ike Collander's chopped pigskin, he affirmed his faith at length. I ought to be strung up for keeping that kind of stuff around. So, Miss Dick, if you want to get some of the sure enough evaporated apples that Dan Merrill brings in, I'm with you. To emphasize the point, Rangy extended a calloused hand across the rock which took the place of a table between them. The girl responded with a quick, firm grip of the fingers, and with the touch of the hand within his, he suddenly felt the hot coursing of blood running riot within him. Yet when he dropped her hand, Miss Dick appeared totally unconscious of that swift flash of emotion within him. We will wait until dark, she decreed. Now, if you will keep watch, I will get a little sleep. You can take your turn this afternoon. Rangy shook his head reflectively as the girl made her way into the shadowland of the buttes, and in time he started to grumble to himself. All settled, just like that, he muttered. Who's running this show, anyway? Here I come chasing bandits, and before I know it, the bandits got me picked out for emergency work. Miss Dick, you mayn't know it but you got such convincing ways that if you'd go up to the gospel flail's tent in triple butte and lend him a hand you'd have them hitting the sawdust trail so fast they'd wear out the track End of chapter five